0: You are now listening to the First Baptist Church of America's podcast. If you have any questions about our church, please check us out online at fbcamericas.org. This week we take a break from our journey through John's gospel as Brother Rusty brings us a message from Micah chapter 7 about the journey of faith. Let's listen in. Brother Keith and Judy are out of town on vacation. So we want to pray for them as they're gone. I want to thank Lisa Atkins and Deborah Hughes for helping out with the music this morning uh, with Keith and Judy gone, but uh, they'll be back next Sunday, so uh, glad you are here this morning. If you have your Bibles, open them to Micah chapter 7. Thank you, Laura, for reading our passage this morning. We'll begin in verse 8 in a moment. In John Bunyan's classic Pilgrim's Progress, it contains many helpful insights about the Christian life. Bunyan describes the Christian life as a journey or a pilgrimage. Uh, he pictures that pilgrimage with all kinds of experiences, uh, trials, temptations, decisions, and many other things that happen along the path of life. Uh, every person who walks humbly with the Lord encounters various situations along the way. Our passage today, Micah 7, 8 to 13, discloses some of the experiences in the pilgrimage of life that we face. Uh, One of the things we have to remember, though, of course, is that not everything that happens to the Christian is always good. Uh, It's not always good. We do encounter some trials and troubles and tribulations along the way. Uh, Many people have the wrong conception. That if I seek God's will for my life and follow it, everything will be smooth. I won't have any problems or troubles. Uh, Troubles will come. And even though they do come in our life as Christians, it's still best to follow God's will. People encounter both good and bad during their pilgrimage of faith. In order to understand this passage, we have to understand the historical context of it, the setting that it was taking place. It's the 8th century B.C. Micah is preaching to Judah. Israel, the northern kingdom, had, uh, falls in 722 B.C. to the Assyrians, and that takes place while Micah is preaching and prophesying to the southern kingdom of Judah. The Assyrians threatened Jerusalem and Judah in 701 B.C. And so in these verses, Micah told both the good and the bad of those who walk with the Lord. So today I want us to look at that pilgrimage of faith as Micah describes it and see how we can identify with it today. Uh, And all the twists and turns that come along the pilgrimage of faith. We are all on a journey We are all on a pilgrimage of faith with the Lord. If you've prayed and accepted Christ as your Savior, then God wants you to walk with him. The first point I want to make is this pilgrimage of faith is an imperfect one. It's not a perfect pilgrimage. It's an imperfect one. Micah admitted his sins and the sins of the people. Look at verse 8. He says in that verse, says, do not gloat over me, my enemies, though I have fallen. Micah recognizes that I have fallen. And then in verse 9, he says, I have sinned against him. Talking about God, of course. I have sinned against God. Micah recognized that he and Judah both had stumbled, that they had sinned. All the people of, of that day and time and even us today. We have sinned. The word I, when he says I have sinned or I have stumbled, it's a word that has a plural meaning. He's not talking about just himself. Micah is talking about himself and Judah as a whole. We see that I pronoun and we want to make it a singular. But in the original biblical languages, the scholars say that it it was inclusive of everyone. Uh, so he realizes that just as he has sinned against God, Judah has sinned against God as well. Faith in God does not preclude stumbling. Uh, some of the most righteous people stumbled. Think about it. People in the Bible who were we would consider s- the great, patriarchs of the faith great people who lived in the days of the Bible that are recorded about them that we look up to even one was Abraham Abraham was seen as a prime example of faith you know he had to trust God to lead him and his family what did God tell him? God said go God didn't say go to Where, he just said, go. Abraham had to have faith and trust in God to lead he and his family. He said, leave your home and go to a place I'll show you later. The only GPS that Abraham had was God, which of course is the best GPS of all. Uh, ours keep recalculating and not on a digitized road and uh, you know they get interesting sometimes uh, some years ago we took a east coast trip took Casey and Brian when they were in high school and went up through Washington DC Philadelphia New York and took a couple of weeks and over to Niagara Falls and back and we'd never had a GPS they were still I guess, a little newer or whatever. But Dr. Bob, who was our pastor at that time, had one. But rather than our new ones today where they just load the entire United States, you had to load different sections of the United States. And he only had southeast because that's the only place he traveled much. So he was trying to load the northeast as well so we could find our way through New York and Philadelphia and all those places. And in doing so, he somehow or another got the language off of it, the English language, and the only language that he could find to load was Slovakian. <laughs> and so we traveled, but, you know, it wasn't too bad because when you'd hear it start talking, we didn't. we finally understood left and right and those basic words. But when you would hear it start talking, you could look up at the screen and it would have the arrows pointing which way to go. So it was very helpful, but not as helpful as it could have been. Well, God is the greatest GPS of all. If we will listen to Him and follow Him, He told Abraham, Go, leave your home, and go, and I'll show you where. That took a tremendous amount of faith, but Abraham did. But even along his path that God was showing him, along his path of life, later on, Abraham was led down into Egypt. And when he got down there, he told him that Sarah, his wife, was he said, she's my sister. And it caused some problems for them because he lied and he sinned. Another great person from the Bible that we remember is David. David was described as a man after God's own heart. A man seeking God's own heart. Yet we know David committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he also arranged for her husband's death. He stumbled. He sinned. Another was Simon Peter. One of the great New Testament, one of the disciples of Jesus. Uh, He was a trusted member of that inner circle of 12 disciples. But in a time of stress and a time of just unknowing, Simon Peter denied the Lord three times. He sinned, he stumbled. And these are but three. We could spend the whole morning here talking about other biblical people that were seen as great that we can look up to today that stumbled, that sinned. If these righteous people stumbled and fell, we can be assured that we also have stumbled in the past and that we will stumble again in the future. So as we travel down the road of life, we sometimes fall. But falling doesn't end our journey. God doesn't say, oops, you messed up. You're done. You know? That's it. Sorry, you had your chance. God doesn't do that. Think about those three. Abraham, David, Simon, Peter. Think about their life after that sin. They admitted their sin, they prayed, they asked forgiveness, and God used them all in mighty ways. God used them all in unbelievable, mighty ways after their stumble. So we too can admit our sin. We can seek forgiveness, and God can still use us for great things as we move forward on the pilgrimage of faith. So as Christians, we aren't perfect. We struggle with sin and temptation every day. And at times we do fall. But we can be forgiven if we will seek God's forgiveness. So the journey of faith that we're on is not a perfect one it's an imperfect one we have to seek god's will secondly the pilgrimage of faith is a troublesome one it's a troublesome journey micah mentioned the troubles of judah in verse eight there again micah says though i sit in darkness the lord will be my light He says, though I sit in darkness, once again, the eyes talking about he and Judah as a whole, though Judah sits in darkness, (coughs) excuse me, though Judah sits in darkness, they had troubles. Judah had troubles. This may have been referring to the Assyrian threat of 701 B.C. Those were dark days for Judah. Thousands of Assyrian soldiers surrounded the city. Fear fell over Jerusalem. Defeat seemed inevitable. Judah's pilgrim of faith involved some troublesome situations. Troubles came to Judah. And troubles come to those who follow the Lord sometimes. Just because a person has faith doesn't mean he will live a charmed life. Some of the most righteous people in the Bible experience dark days of trouble. The one example that we always think about is Job. Job believed in the Lord, followed the Lord, prayed. Job was seen as probably if not the most righteous man of his day, one of the, definitely one of the most righteous men of his day and time. But look at all the troubles that came upon Job. The devil brought them upon him and God allowed them to happen. You know, when troubles happen to us, we want to say, God, why'd you do that to me? And God doesn't cause troubles to happen to us. He allows them sometimes to happen. And they happen for all kinds of different reasons. And once again, we could spend probably an entire sermon talking about reasons why troubles happen. But Job, a godly man, he lost his children. He lost his possessions. He lost his health. He lost basically everything that he had on this earth. Every earthly thing that you could lose except his life itself. His health, but he didn't die. And even through all of that, he remained faithful to God. He refused when his friends said, curse God and die. His wife, he said, no. God seen me through to now, I'm going to keep following him. He understood and trusted that God knew best. In the end, God restored all that he had lost and even more. But that trust and faith, think about the trust and the faith that grew in Job during that time. That was invaluable, a lot more valuable than any of the things that he had lost. His growth in his walk with the Lord during those trying days was so rewarding to him. The road of the Christian life has many bumps. All kinds of trials come to the believer's life. The only way to master those trials is to trust in the Lord. Faith in God helps us to cope with the adversities of life. So we've seen here that the the pilgrimage of faith is an imperfect one. We stumble, we sin, we do things. Secondly, troubles will come. There will be times of trouble in our lives, and they come in all sorts of different ways. Two negative things along the walk of faith, the pilgrimage of faith. But let's look to a positive encounter. What's something positive along the pilgrimage of faith? Thirdly, the third truth today is the pilgrimage of faith is a trusting one. Micah recalled times when Judah trusted the Lord. There were times in Judah's history where there was no place to turn other than to the Lord. Listen to the expressions of trust in verse 9. He says in verse 9, Because I have sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case and establishes my right. Now listen, he says, he will bring me out into the light. I will see his righteousness. Judah says, he'll bring me out into the light. And I will see his righteousness. As I said, many biblical scholars believe that Micah was writing this during that time of 701 B.C. when the Assyrians had Jerusalem surrounded and it just looked like there was no hope. That situation that happened fits these verses well. And when there was that crisis occurred, Judah had nowhere to turn but to the Lord. And they turned to the Lord. When those times come in our life, we too, if we know the Lord, we can have faith and we can trust in him. The pilgrimage faith is a trusting one. Life brings many situations where trust is the only logical reason. What's it mean to trust the Lord? Think about that. What does it mean to trust the Lord? It means to open your life to the Lord and to place complete confidence in Him to help you through whatever particular situation you're in. You trust in Him. You say, Lord, you're the only one. I need you. Too many Christians today, and I think even the Judah back then, they wait until there's nowhere, nowhere else to turn but to God. Have you ever heard someone say something like, I didn't know what else to do, so I prayed. Okay. Didn't know what else to do, so I prayed. Are we guilty of sometimes trying to handle th- everything by our own power before turning to the Lord? Problems, difficulties, trials, whatever come into our lives, and we think, Well, I can handle this. And we try to work it all out. We try to figure it out. Uh, And when nothing works, then we finally turn to the Lord. When we should be turning to the Lord every day, seeking His will each and every day, don't wait until everything falls apart and then turn to the Lord do it each and every day if you study the old testament the story of the children of israel can be summarized very easily into some broad categories of course but what happens is the children of israel in the old testament they start out by serving god and following him they're worshiping Him, they're offering the sacrifices. they're seeking God, they're trusting, they're placing their faith in Him. Then slowly, they turn to the ways of the world and the pagan gods around them, and they start worshiping these pagan gods and doing other things, turning their back on God. God then allows them to be taken into captivity by various foreign powers and governments and what have you. Once they're in captivity and they're under persecution of this people held, who are holding them captive, then they call out to God and they pray, forgive me, forgive us. God hears their prayers. They turn their faith back to him He allows them to be freed. He frees them somehow. And they go back to worshiping him. And then the cycle starts all over again. After a time, they slowly turn to the pagan gods. They turn their back on God. They end up in captivity again. They're persecuted in captivity. They pray to God. He frees them. He forgives them. And it starts again. It's a cycle that goes on and on throughout the Old Testament. Let's strive to seek God's path along the pilgrimage of life each day. In the good days and in the difficult days. We have to have faith. And faith doesn't need to be something that we only use in the crises. I've used this illustration before, but it fits so well. Too often we use God like a fire extinguisher. When the crisis and the terrible situations and the problems come, we grab our fire extinguisher, we grab God and we say, help us. And we use God to help us. And then once the situation has calmed down and the threat is over, then today you just throw your fire extinguisher away and get a new one, but... If you have the little home ones, but the ones that we have around the building here, if we had a situation and actually had to discharge one, then you can recharge them. And so we start coming to church more often and we start praying more often. We start reading our Bible and we recharge our fire extinguisher, we recharge our walk with the Lord. And once it's charged back up and good, then we place it back on the wall. And after a short while, or after a time, maybe not a short while, maybe a long time, but somewhere along the line, oftentimes, people forget it's there. And they drift away until there's another crisis. Why not each and every day Keep us fully charged, you know? Let's keep working for the Lord and seeking his will. Have faith. Walk that pilgrimage of faith every day as we seek him. The fourth truth is that the pilgrim of faith is a hopeful one. Micah spoke of Jerusalem's doom and its future hope. In verse 10, he talks about how the foes are rejoicing over the fact that they have fallen. He says, "Then my enemies will see and will be covered with shame, she who said to me, where is the Lord your God? My eyes will see her downfall, even now she will be trampled underfoot like mire in the streets." The people were saying, "Where's your God now?" You know, Thought you believed in God, kind of like Micah's friends. I mean, not Micah, excuse me, Job's friends. They were laughing at him. Said, where's the Lord your God? Micah says, though for a moment we've fallen, he predicts their restoration. He says, on down in verse 11, the day for building your walls will come, the day for extending your boundaries and that day people will come to you from Assyria, the cities of Egypt, even from Egypt to the Euphrates, and from the sea to sea, and from mountain to mountain. He says, you're going to rebuild. It's going to be okay. Uh, I heard a preacher one time that was preaching on doom and gloom in the Christian's life and what have you, and these terrible things that are happening in the world today, and how, you know, it's harder and harder to live the Christian life and all that but he said I want to tell you a secret he said I've read the end of the book we win you know when you read the Bible eventually God's going to come back is it going to be today? maybe is it going to be tomorrow? maybe is it going to be another 10 years? maybe is it going to be another 100 years? maybe I don't know But the truth of the matter is, if you read the entire book, we win in the end. When the second coming happens, Christians come out on top. We win. The hope of God's people cannot be destroyed by circumstances. We need to walk a pilgrimage of faith that's hopeful to understand that truth. God's people will always have a better day. And yes, sometimes that better day for the Christian on this earth comes when they die. You know, we think death is so horrible. And it is in a lot of ways. But sometimes the person has been in such agony, such struggle, such pain, so much in their life That death is really a victory. Now those sudden unexplained deaths of young people, I don't know. I'm not talking about that. But sometimes for the believer and really for all believers ultimately, but sometimes the trials and the troubles and the situations that are happening on this earth, God's final victory for that person is to take them on to heaven to be with him. God has prepared a glorious eternity for his people. So my question today to each of us is where are you on life's pilgrimage with God? Have you accepted Christ? Are you walking with him? Maybe you're here today and you say I don't know what you're talking about. I don't walk with God, I don't understand. I've never accepted Christ. Well, that's true. You are not on a pilgrimage of faith if you've never accepted Christ. Why not do that today? Maybe you're thinking, I've been a Christian many years. I've was saved when I was a child, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, whatever years ago. I've been on a pilgrimage with the Lord for a long time. Well. Are you following his plan for your life? Are you seeking his will for your life daily? So let's all strive today to follow the path that God's laid for us. What path does he want for you? Where does he want you on his path? Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you are with us. No matter what we face, no matter how we fail, we can follow you. We can seek you. You forgive us, and you lead us. Father, speak to our hearts now as we sing. Just pray that you would guide your people to make the decisions you would have them to make. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to know more about how you can start your own journey of faith, we would love to help you out with that. You can find our contact information on our website at fbcamericas.org. And tune in next week as we continue our journey through John's Gospel.